the Bible says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, Whosoever, therefore, Jesus Christ says this, Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be they of his own household. That's the truth a lot of times. Verse 37, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Here's where I want you to pay attention. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Let's pray. Lord, once again, I just thank you for uh, letting me be here. I thank you for helping me in Sunday school, Lord. And Lord, I just pray you be with me now. Uh, Lord, I just need your help. I can't do it on my own. And I can sit up here and just talk for a while and, and not mean anything, Lord, unless you get in it. And Lord, I pray you can just uh, wash me in the blood and forgive me for my sins. Put your hand upon me, Lord. Help me better preach the word. Lord, I pray your people can get something from it, Lord. And um, they can get something they can take and chew on, Lord, and just something, Lord. They don't just leave here empty. And, Lord, I can't fill things up. I just can't. And, Lord, you got to fill it up. And Lord, I pray you can give your people something. Maybe there's somebody in here that can help and minister to. I know it's something that you ministered to me with, Lord. And, uh, Lord, I pray you just uh, be with us this morning, Lord. Uh, be with uh, uh, Pastor Evans, Lord, and his family as they're down, down in Florida. I pray they get a blessing today. I pray that you bring them back safely. And Lord, I pray for uh, my family and or my boys and my pastor and uh, Brother Sawyer and Brother Timmy, Lord, as they all head back up here today and that you help give them a safe journey and get them up here safely, Lord. And I also pray for Secord Baptist back and Gladwin, Lord, that you bless their services this morning. But Lord, here we are this morning and we need you. And Lord, I pray you just ministered people as you see fit in your precious, most holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus says something very profound here, and it's something that's ever since I've read it, it's always dealt with me. And uh, even when I remember when I first got saved, he said, He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth, loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Um, what he's talking about here is you, as a Christian, when you get saved, uh, in order to serve the Lord, uh, you're not going to live a real life, full life for the Lord unless you give it to Him. If you go about your own way, and a lot of Christians do, they get saved, and then what happens is they just go their own way they were going before. They're saved, amen? But they just never change anything. They don't give their life to Him, and so they ended up just going the way that the Lord, or that they want to go, and so what the Lord wants to go, and uh, they lose their life. I mean, just think about it. One day, folks, we're going to be gone whether by the rapture or by death. And let me tell you something, five minutes before you go, are you going to care how much money you made? Are you going to care how successful you were in business? Are you going to care how great your business was? Are you going to care how many friends you have? Are you going to care about all that stuff five minutes before you go in and talk to the Lord at the judgment seat? Are you going to care about that? All you're going to care about in that moment, if you knew that, all you're going to care about in that moment is what you've done for Jesus Christ. And have I lived my life for the Lord? I think about that all the time. I think if the rapture happened right now, am I where I need to be and where I want to be when the Lord comes and gets me? And the Lord wants you to lose your life for Him that you can find it. Um, you can find it. What He means by find it is you go out and you can find what the world tells you you need to find. You can go out there and live your life as you're supposed to live it and 
um, and, and just do what the world tells you to do, but then all of a sudden you just never have any joy, any pleasure in life. Uh, people out there that are just serving themselves, listen, there's nothing wrong with living life and doing the things you need to do, but God wants you to lose your life. He wants you to lose your past. He wants you to lose your ambitions. Uh, you're going to have to get, listen, there's things I wanted to do, and I told you this before, I wanted to be a marine biologist before I got saved, and I was on the fast track to get there. And once I got saved, I was like, all right, Lord, what I'll do is I'll just be a marine biologist, and, and I thank you for saving me. I'll just be a saved marine biologist, amen? And sometimes the Lord will let you do that. And the Lord did something. He, he called me to preach. And I remember the brother came over, and the Lord had been dealing with me about it, and I was trying to push it away, push it away, because I wanted to be a marine biologist. I mean, it's what I wanted to be since I was a kid. There ain't no way I'm going to be no preacher. And my friend, good friend Chad Reese, he's pastor down in Detroit now, he came in there, and he came over, and he, he just got saved with me, and he sat down. We're talking at the dinner table one day, and I don't remember how it came up. He says, you think the Lord's dealing with you about preaching? I said, no. He just smiled. He knew. He's like, sure? I was like, yeah, I'm sure. Just, just drop it. Okay, let's move on to something else. I was getting mad. I was like, you know, and he said, all right, brother, I'm praying for you. And I remember the Lord just dealing with me about that, just dealing with me about that, just dealing with me about that. And I remember driving home with Andrew one night from church, and we're just driving. I remember it was dark out, maybe even been a little rainy. I can't remember I'm driving. And I looked over at Andrew, and I said, what would you think about me preaching? And she says, I think that'd be a blessing. And Lord ended up telling me to be a preacher. I ended up not going to college for marine biology. I, well, first I thought I was going to be a marine biologist and I'll just take like some kind of religious studies or something, you know, to kind of, Lord said, no, no, that's not what I want. I want you to be a preacher for me. And so what happened was, is I gave my life up to serve him. Now, I'm not saying like I'm this great example because I fight, this, fight stuff all the time in the flesh. But I had to lose my life that I had intended for myself so that I could find it. And I'm glad that I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm glad I'm not a marine biologist sitting somewhere just doing my job and God called me to preach. I'd be the most miserable person in the world because I know what God wanted me to do. And a lot of times people that are called to preach and they won't surrender to the call to preach, what they end up doing is they try being a preacher in another capacity somehow, either going to a church trying to tell that pastor what he's supposed to be doing or what he's supposed to be preaching because they won't surrender themselves, but they think they need to tell the church what needs to be done. Or they go off in a job or something, they think they got to be running things out there. There's something that it's inside you. It's like Jeremiah said, I have a, he said, I'm not going to preach in your name no more. I'm not going to talk about it no more. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of all the garbage that comes with it. And he said there was like a fire burning inside me, and I could not stay. It's something God puts inside a preacher. You can't help it. It comes out. You start preaching. And I had to get, if I had tried to just live a normal life with this inside me, I would have been miserable. And God wants you to give your life up to follow him. I remember, you know, the Lord, the Lord a lot of times will ask you to give some things up. You know that? And it's sad when you've got to give something up, especially when it's something you love. But I'll tell you this. God always gives you something better in return. And you'll, if you let go of that thing, if you just give it to Him, I promise you, you may not get it tomorrow, but in time you will get something better. I did not want to let go of being a marine biologist. I had my scuba dive certification. I love scuba diving. I love seeing the fish in the water. I love doing all the things I did. It's what I wanted to do ever since I was a little kid. And I had to give it up for him. And I gave it up for him. And I am so glad right now that I'm where I'm at right now 
and not in some place somewhere, talking about evolution or something, walking around, you know, petting the whales. Instead, I'm doing something much more important than serving God. I remember before I got saved, I remember sitting there and, and thinking about, you know, I, my life was just going down the tubes, and I was 19 years old. I, I had no direction. I, I couldn't afford college. It was just a mess. And uh, I'll get into this more in a second, but I remember going into the military, and uh, it's a long story. I had to give up a lot of things to go in the military. But because of that choice I made, and I believe even at that time, even as a lost young man, the Lord was already working in my life to get me to where I need to be, I got something much, much better than the life I gave up. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is I want to talk to you about some people um, in the Bible that got asked to give something up. And he asked them to give something up. He, they lost their life for his sake so that they might find it. And they got something much better in return. Turn to Genesis chapter 22. We'll start there. Genesis chapter 22. The Lord wants something from you. I think I, sometimes I forget what I've told you all because I can't remember what I told my own church. But I remember this story one time I read, and I don't know if it's true or not. But it's a story I heard nonetheless, and it was about uh, a, a, a little girl had gotten this, um, like a little plastic, like brace or plastic necklace or bracelet or something like that, you know, and it was all plastic, but it shined, and she loved it. She always hung on to it all the time, and it was just her thing. It's like you know, you know, little girls, little boys, they hang on to things, and it's their thing, and it was her thing, and she was hanging on to that, hanging on to that, hanging on to that. And uh, one day her daddy comes up and says, uh, do you love me, honey? She goes, yes, I love you, daddy. He's like, would you give me your bracelet? And she looked at him and goes, well, if you love me, would you give me your bracelet? And she just kind of shook her head and said, no. And she left and went in her room. And uh, a little bit later, he was sitting out there in the chair, and she came walking out to him, and she had tears coming down her eyes. She goes, daddy, I do love you. And she gave him that plastic bracelet. And he took it and he said, thank you, honey. The reason I wanted this is because I wanted to give you this. And he had a real kind of a diamond type of bracelet. And he gave that to her instead. He's just seeing if she's willing to give up that. That's all the Lord is sometimes. He'll say, can you give me that? And you'll say, no, I can't give that up. And it's just junk, really. I mean, I know it means something to us. That meant something to that little girl. But God's got something so much better for you. You know, you got, sometimes you have to give some things up. Abraham had to give some things up. You know this. Abraham, Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. He said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. As a father... I can't imagine what that had to have been like. That would have destroyed me. That would have tore me up. I love my kids. And for, them, my, the, for that to happen, you have to have extreme faith in God because I, I, I just would have, it would have destroyed me for something like that to happen. Whom thou lovest. You know, the first mention of love in the Bible is a love between a father and his son. First mention of love in the Bible. Abraham loved. He says, whom thou lovest lovest, I want you to give them to me. And sometimes God will make you think you're giving a sacrifice, but he always gives something better in return. 
says, if you know the story, he ends up obeying the Lord. You know, this, know what the sad thing about this was? It wasn't instant. It was days later when he had to do it. He had to think about that for a couple days. I mean, I can't imagine what was going on there. And it says, verse 10, And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called on him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withhold thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And then look down at verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called Abraham out of heaven the second time and, and, second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast not done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as a sandwich upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Not only did he keep his son, but he got a huge blessing behind it. Because he's willing to give something up to God that was precious to him. Jesus Christ says you need to lose your life, and your life is precious to you. And what your ambitions are are precious to you. But are you willing to give them up to the Lord and let Him fill that void? I'm telling you from experience, I've done it, and I'm grateful that I've done that. I got something to live for. Amen. I heard of a preacher one time that he uh, he's a preacher. If I said his name, you know who he was. You might even know who I'm talking about. But he uh, he was he was saying that he uh, he's been a preacher for a long time, and then one day he went over on a mission trip. And uh, after he got back from that mission trip, the Lord started dealing with him about going there as a missionary. And he started debating with the Lord because he's like, Lord, I'm, I've been a preacher for so long, a pastor for so long. I've got all this stuff going on. I mean, I can't just drop everything and just be a missionary. I, I can't do it. And the Lord was dealing with him, was dealing with him, was dealing with him. And he's like, man, well, I mean, he had a fairly good church, fairly large church. And he said one day he was at church by himself one day, and he came up by the pulpit area, and he's sitting there, and the Lord's dealing with him. And he got down and said, all right, Lord, he says, I'll go. I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll resign, I'll do whatever you want. And he's like almost in tears, I think, and he just he was just really said, I'll go. He says, and then five minutes later, the Lord says, no, I don't need you to go. <laughs> I just, he said the Lord wanted to see if he'd do it. Would you do it? You know, are you willing to give it? Listen, when you ask for missionaries and, Lord, you know, uh, uh, you know, I send missionaries to the field. This field needs missionaries. Are you willing to sacrifice yourself and your family? Sometimes it's hard, and sometimes God just wants to see. Maybe some of you, if you prayed, Lord, send some missionaries, he might send you. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, he might send you, but then again, he might not. But are you willing? You know what God would do? He, he wanted, Abraham had to give his life up, something he loved, and he got a blessing in return. Turn to Genesis chapter 43. I'll show you another one, Genesis chapter 43. Now, I don't have this one. I'm just say this one real quick, but... You think about Moses' mother, how she gave up her son there in the reeds and gave it to God. And not only did she get her son back to help nurse him and take care of him, but then her son became somebody in the palace. The Lord took care of him. It's amazing what happens when you give it to the Lord. And I know it's not easy. I'm not up here pretending it's easy because it's not. When the Lord wants to take something from you, it is not easy. But I'm telling you, if the Lord tells you, if the Lord tells you to, 
it's worth it to give up your life for him. Genesis chapter 43, look at verse 11. You know the story if you've read Genesis. Uh, obviously, Joseph's now king in the land over in Egypt, and uh, he sent his sons to go get some food, and they went, and then what happened was Jacob or Joseph recognized his brethren. He kept Simeon, and he says, go back. You can't come back here to get any more food unless you bring your, bro- your, your brother Benjamin with you. And, of course, Benjamin's very precious in Jacob's sight because he lost Joseph. And so now he's very precious, and he's afraid he's going to lose Joseph. And now he's telling his, his, his sons, you need to go back and get some land because we're star- or some food because we're starving. And they said, we've got to take Benjamin because he won't let us come back unless we have Benjamin. And he's like, man, I don't want to lose Benjamin. I've already lost Joseph. Simeon's already gone, and now I could lose Benjamin. But what happens? It says in verse 11, And their father Israel said unto them, Genesis 43, 11, If it must be so now, do this. Take of the best fruits in the land in your vessels and carry down the manna present, a little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrh, nuts and almonds, and take double money in your hand, and the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks, carry it again in your hand. Peradventure was an oversight. Take also your brother and arise, go again unto the man. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may send you away, or send away your other brother and Benjamin. And if I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. He finally just gave it to God. He's like, all right, let's give it to you, Lord. And he thought he was going to lose a third son. I mean, people give Jacob a hard time a lot of times, but I see a lot of Jacob in me. And you know what? I mean, to let your son, I mean, I told you how hard it was just to let our two older boys go down to the, the Jubilee this week. I mean, I mean, like I said, we're monitoring them. I mean, uh, I guess my wife is monitoring more than anything. I mean, she gets up in the middle of that, boom, make sure they're at the hotel and checks the hotel out they're at. And, you know, she's, she's just a mama. And you, some of you laugh. You, you, you know, if you're not a mama, you don't understand. But you, you watch that stuff. You, you, you're, you're concerned about them. Um, and to, to let already lost, supposedly one of his boys to death, and another boy's in captivity, and then he might lose Benjamin. I can't imagine what's going through his heart. He has no choice. God puts him in a choice to say, you got to trust me. And you know the story. I don't even have to read it. You know what happens. Not only does he not lose Benjamin, but he gets Simeon back, and he gets his son who he thought was dead, Joseph, back. He gets them all back. When you give something up to God, sometimes you think you're giving something up to him, and he's going to give you more back. I'm not one of these preachers that says, hey, put a lot of money in the plate and you'll get all this money back. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when God deals with your heart about something, he will give you something better back. It won't always happen tomorrow, though. It takes years sometimes for things to see the fruit of it. I mean, when I got, became a preacher, I remember I first started trying to be a preacher. I told you I got up here and my first sermon I preached was just a disaster. My pastor came up to me and says, well, I'm not saying you're not called to preach, brother. I'm just saying that, you know, you might want to work on some stuff, you know. I was like, I mean, I remember just hanging my head, man. God, are you sure you called me to preach? I gave up marine biology. I gave up college. I gave up all that stuff. And all of a sudden now I'm trying to learn how to preach at a local church, and I'm working at a meat factory, packaging meat. You don't think I thought some days, what am I doing? What in the world am I doing? I should be in college becoming my dream job. Instead, I'm working here at a meat plant at a local church, and a pastor's ridiculing me while I try to learn how to preach. Really, Lord? This is what you called me to do? It takes time. And over time, I learned and I grew, and God saw, I mean, it seemed like for a long time we just, you know, 
didn't have five cents to our name. I mean, we were struggling. I remember sitting there crying one night. I mean, I was literally crying. It's Valentine's Day. I didn't have a, I didn't have enough money to get my wife a flower. I'm at Bible college. As poor as anything, just crying. I, and I see people at church giving their wives and stuff candy, and I couldn't even afford to get my wife a flower. It felt awful. Lord, is this what you want me to do? But over time, you start seeing the fruit. And I stand before you today, and I'm telling you, what he's given me is so much better. It's so much better. And God will give you something better over time. If you just lose your life for his sake, if you lose it, then you'll find it. Amen? Then I'll turn to Joshua chapter 1. you got to lose it. You hang on to it too hard. Now, I'm not saying go out and do something foolish if God's not telling you to do it. Some people will do that, too. you got to say that stuff because sometimes people say things. But you have to, you, when the Lord deals with you about something, you have to trust Him. I remember I had a friend down at PBI while you are turning there. He, uh, he, he, was, he was there. He came down to PBI, and he was just trying to serve God. I mean, he was just doing the best he could. And uh, he was just trying to do the best he could, and, and, and his wife was, did not want to be there, did not want to be there. She saved, but she did not like the Bible college she was at. She did not like anything about it. And uh, she was constantly pressuring him to, to quit and go back home, go back home. And uh, he, he talked to me about it. I prayed with him about it. And he hung in there. He hung in there. He's like, you know, I might lose my wife. She might divorce me. She might do this. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And I, all I could tell him was, brother, you just got to stick with what the Lord wants you to do. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, you know, I mean, I, I didn't know I have all the answers. I was like, but this, you know, you got to do what God wants you to do regardless of what happens. And he thought he might lose his wife over it. And over time, she started, he started praying for her, and she wouldn't even come to church. And then she started coming to church, and she started getting under the preaching. And then she even started attending some classes. And the next thing you know, she's right there next to him, supporting him the whole way. The Lord, it just took some time. And he almost quit because she didn't. I understand that. I complete, if I'm in that position, I, I'm not going to act like I'm all, I, I would be concerned too. I, would be, I don't want to lose my, my wife. I don't want but. The Lord says, I want you, would you be willing to give your wife up to do what I want you to do? And he hung in there, and the Lord turned his wife's heart. And they're serving God together. And you know what? Sometimes God tells you to do something that doesn't make any sense, but you know what? Sometimes God asks you, will you just, a lot of times he doesn't even take it from you. He just asks you if you're willing to give it up. And he gives you something better. Joshua chapter 1, verse 12. The story here is, of course, they're going in to fight. They're going across, into, uh, across the Jordan to go into the Promised Land. And you know that the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they've already decided that they're going to have their land on the other side of Jordan. But what Moses tells them, he says, listen, you guys can have that land. That's fine. He says, but what you have to do before you do that, you, the men, have to come across with us and help fight for the land that God gave us. And then when it's all done, then you can go back. Your wives and your little ones can stay there, but you had to come over and fight. So they had to be willing to give that up for a long time to go fight. How many years? I don't know. They had to go fight. God says, you can't have it now, but you'll have it later. And come fight with me. And it says in verse 12, Joshua 1, 12, it says, Joshua says unto the Reubenites, unto the Gadites, unto the half, tri half the tribe of Manasseh, speak Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest, and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side Jordan, but ye shall pass before your brethren armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them. 
until the Lord have given, have given your brethren rest as he had given you, and they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them, then ye shall return into the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side, Jordan, toward the sunrising. There's a land far, far away that we're going to one day, and we're going to be there, and you're going to get to enjoy it one day. You're going to be able to go there, but for now, you've got to fight. Okay, you got to be on this line. you got to give some things up. They had to give some things up so they could serve God. Turn to Joshua chapter 22, and God gave them it back. Joshua chapter 22. Praise the Lord. Everything that you're losing in this life that you think you're losing, you're going to get it more in the next life. Bob Jones Sr. said this. He said, every, every bad thing in this world is a good thing twisted. There's a lot of things in this life that were good, but, of course, society, the devil, flesh twisted it, so now it's wicked. But when you get up to heaven, it's going to be right, and you're going to get to enjoy some of the things that maybe you think you messed up on. Let me tell you something, younger people, especially just talking to my kids and those, let me tell you, you may think you're giving something up to serve God. You may say, I'm not getting to do everything that everybody else gets to do. Even as an adult, you might be in here saying, I can't do what I want to do because God won't be pleased with it, but everybody else is getting to do it. Billy Bob at work, he might win a million dollars on the lotto this weekend, and I can't play. What if he wins a million? I don't know if you play the lottery or not. I'm just telling you, I, I, I can't play the lottery. Lord dealt me up my heart about that. And all they're talking about this week is I guess it's worth like some billion dollars or something like that. So they're like, oh, we're playing, we're going to get a billion dollars. And part of me is like, man, I sure would like a billion dollars. <laughs> but you think you're missing out on something, and you don't know what you're going to get in return when you get up there. Everything you think you're missed out on, God's going to re- reward you for it when you get up there. Like I told you this morning, it's going to be another life. You're going to be like now, but righteous. You're going to be living a life up there. You're not just going to be standing around, floating in the air. Oh. You're not. You're going to be living a life, and God's going to give you more than what you have supposedly missed down here. In Joshua chapter 22, verse one, verse one, the Bible says, "Then Joshua called the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh, and, he, and said unto them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice and all that I commanded you." Let, let, just think about the Lord telling you that right now. You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice and all that I commanded you. You have not left your brethren these many days. You hung in there, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren, as he promised, and therefore now return ye and get you into your tents and into the land of your possession. You know what he says? He told them in Joshua chapter 1, go and enjoy it. You're going to get to enjoy it one day. You think you're giving some things up. Some of you, I know what you are. You, you look at me right now, no, brother, I'm, I'm all in it for the Lord. I ain't I'm missing nothing. I know there's some things you see that you like to be a part of or some things that you feel like you're missing out on sometimes that the world does that you can't be a part of. Don't worry about it. It's tainted here. You'll get up there. You'll get everything. Don't you worry. You're not missing out on anything. The only thing you're going to miss out on is if you try to partake of it here, then you're going to miss it up there. Do you understand? You're going to miss your rewards. God gives you something back. I remember uh, when, I, when I left, I was in Gladwin from 2007 to like around 2011, 2012. Basically, I've told you this before, the bottom fell out. I ended up going downstate for a while because I couldn't get a good job. And so I was down there working for a couple years trying to get myself back on my feet. 
And I mean, when I was here before, I was an associate pastor, I was a Sunday school teacher for the teens. There's many things I was involved in. And then when I had to leave it all and go downstate, and I went down there and I worked for like three years down there. It's a long story. I don't want to bore you with it. But the Lord ended up opening the door, having me come back up here. And I thought when I came back up here, surely I'm not going to have everything back that I had before. And I wasn't there a couple months, and they came up to me and said, hey, Brother Josh, we need, would you be willing to start your Sunday school up for the teens again? I said, sure. Next thing you know, they're like, pastor comes up to me, hey, would you mind preaching for me? Next thing you know, I'm on a schedule again preaching. The next thing you know, hey, we'd like you to be our associate. And long story short, the Lord gave me everything back that I had before. There was something I had to do, and God, when I came back, he gave it all back to me. Listen, you're not missing out on anything. Don't worry, you're not missing out on anything. God's going to give it all back to you. Joshua got it, the people, uh, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe Manasseh, they got it all back. David, remember David, he was called to be, David lost the kingdom when his son took over. But then what, when Absalom took over, and you know what he said, he's walking along, and he says, you know what, he said, they're, 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 uh, he's being cursed and stuff. He says, let the, let the man curse. He says, because you know what, if the Lord sees fit to bring me back in the kingdom, he'll bring me back. And he just gave it to God. He thought he lost everything. He's out in the woods. And God gives it back to him. Are you willing to lose your life that you may find it? Sometimes, folks, you just got to give it to him. And it doesn't look like anything good's going to ever come of it, but God, over time, will show you some things. Turn to Ruth, chapter 1. Ruth, chapter 1. I really enjoy the story of Ruth. She has got more character than most men that I know. Ruth chapter 1, and you know the story of Ruth. Ruth is, uh, was her and her, her, and her sister-in-law, they were married uh, to Naomi's sons, and the sons both die. And so Naomi decides, hey, there's nothing for me anymore, so she's going to go back into Israel. And Naomi um, tells them to go back. There's nothing she's got for them anymore. And in verse 14, the Bible says, And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clave unto her, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people, and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from her following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Say, what'd she do? She left everything she knew to go follow the Lord. She left everything she knew to go do something. Listen, I can't really put this into spiritual perspective. I know God, now looking back on it, was in it. But at the time, it was not a spiritual thing. But I was 19 years old. I was 19 years old. I had, I was trying to go to college. I couldn't afford it. I had to drop out of school because I couldn't afford it. I was dating Andrea at the time. Andrew was going to college. She's going to be a chemical engineer. And here I am. I'm working at Ponderosa Steakhouse, washing dishes. Got the little, the little apron on. I'm washing dishes. She's going to be a chemical, chemical engineer. Her mom and dad are pressuring her to leave me because I'm a loser. And I'm, she's trying to get, I'm going to bring her down because I'm a punk. And I was a punk. But I'm sitting there washing dishes at Ponderosa Steakhouse. Has no future. And she loved me, but she hung in there with me, but her parents putting this pressure on her. You're going to be a chemical engineer. Why do you want this 
die with you. And I remember sitting there one day, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm 19 years old, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I remember just spraying off the dishes, sitting back there, put them in the machine. Looking down, looking over, and the waitresses bring a bunch more dishes. And ketchup and fries falling off them. I'm like, you know, I'm earning, you know, $4.12 an hour. And I remember sitting there one day just going, there's got to be more to life than this. I remember thinking that. And I got talking with my uncle, and uh, I'd been, I, was, I, was, I don't want to go into details. I was a punk when I was a kid. I got kicked out of my house. I was living with my uncle and my aunt. They're the only ones who put up with me. I was living in their basement. And my uh, uncle came out and sat down with me one day on the porch, and he said, what, what's your plans, Josh? I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know. He says, you thinking about going back to college? I said, well, I can't afford it. He was like, well, I know. And he was a Navy vet. He was a Vietnam vet. He said, hey, uh, you ever thought about going to the military? I said, no, I'm not a military kind of guy. He's like, we should think about it. He's like, you really got nothing going for you. He says, you could get an education. You could have a roof over your head and have some food and be taken care of. It's like something to think about. And I got thinking about it. And you know what I was scared of? I was scared I was going to lose everything I had. I was scared I was going to lose my girl. I was scared I was going to lose a lot of my friends, and I was going to lose a lot of things. But I knew I had no future, and I remember talking to Andrea about it, and it had to be one of the hardest things she ever said. She says, I think you should do it, because she knew I was going nowhere. And I was scared about what would happen, and I remember the day I left for basic training, the recruiter was coming to pick me up to take me down to Detroit to get on a plane. I was going to go to MEPS for one last time, for one last final physical, and then they're going to send me out that day down to the basic training, or that next day down to basic training. And I remember I told everybody I didn't want anybody around. I didn't want a big emotional goodbye. Hey, bye. I didn't want to do that because it's too emotional. I, I said goodbye to everybody before that day. And she was there, and she came up when she saw me, and she gave me a kiss and a hug, and she was crying. She's like, when am I going to see you again? I said, I, I don't know. I don't know when they'll let me come home again. I had no idea. Because the Navy isn't like every other where they automatically come home after basic training. Navy isn't like that. They give you a weekend liberty, and that's it. So you're not really sure when you're going to get time off. And I remember she drove away, and I remember looking at her. She's driving away, and she's crying, and I'm just sitting there like, what am I doing? I was giving everything up. And so long story short, they took me down to Detroit. The recruiter picked me up and went down to Detroit, got down there. I remember sitting in the hotel that night, just laying there. And I still remember that little fire alarm, fire smoke detector up at the top of the roof and the little blinking light. Blink, blink, blink. I'm just sitting there in the room by myself, knowing the next day I'm going to basic training looking at that light, thinking about my girl, thinking about my family, thinking about what am I doing. And it was scary. And it was scary the next day when I got to basic training. I got stories about that too. But what happened was, is God was in that thing, and he used that. God uses times when you're at your weakest to get a hold of you. And when he used that, I got through the military, I got through basic training, went through all this stuff, ended up doing better, ended up doing better, ended up getting her dad mom's approval finally because I was starting to become, a, become somebody in their eyes, and I asked my wife to marry me. And then my last year in the military, like I told you, I was all set to go to marine biology. I was all set to go to college. Everything was all lined up. And all of a sudden, I was in a tent in Thelicenike, and I'm not going to go into it because I've told you it probably like 85 times. But long story short, my chief led me to Christ when I was on deployment with the Marines. I got saved. And I got down on my knees in front of all my friends, and I asked Jesus Christ to save me. 
after I got up, I knew I was saved. I knew I was saved. Angels didn't come down. I didn't start floating in the air and it starts speaking in tongues. Nothing happened. I just knew that I was saved. And I had no intention of being a preacher. I had no intention of even going to church or reading my Bible. I had no intention of any of that. I just knew I wasn't going to hell. And that's all I cared about. And God dealt with my heart and called me to preach before I even got out of the military. And I got called to preach before I even got out of the military, or shortly thereafter. And then I told you already the story about me wanting to go into marine biology still, and God calling me. He called me to, to preach shortly before, or shortly after that. It was shortly after, not during it. But shortly after that, he called me to preach, and then I had to give everything up to serve him. He said, what's your point? What would you tell us all that for? It was worth it. I gave up my life, and I thought I lost my girl. But here she is, and there's our little ones. The Lord used that. I don't know if I would have got saved if I would have been in, stayed home. He used something that was scary that I gave up everything. I remember walking. only thing I had in my pocket when I left that day for basic training was my wallet, a pen, and a welcome to the Navy brochure. And that's all I had. I left everything else. They told me don't bring anything. And you know what? That's all I had. Today I have so much more. My point is this, is that the Lord will give you back more. And sometimes it's scary giving things up. It's scary giving your life to Him. It's scary because you only know what you know. But when you give it up to Him, what you get back is so much better. I got story after story I could tell you about going to Bible college, scared to death, had hardly any money, getting in the car, taking my wife and my little teeny baby David in a car, hardly any money, without a job. Drove down to Pensacola to go to Bible college. How nuts is that? If my kids try to do that, I tell them, what are you doing? Are you nuts? But I did it. I got down there, and God took care of us. And story after story, Ruth had to give up everything she had. And what did God do? He blessed her. She met Boaz. She ended up having a child that was in the line of Christ. Are you willing to lose your life that you may find it? Now, I got four other points, and I'm not going to do them now. I got one more. I'm going to do one more quick point, and I'm done. I took too much time. The last thing I want to tell you this is if you're, if you're not willing to give your life up for him, what about him when he gave his life up for you? Turn to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. There's story after story I could go about how people gave things up in the Bible and God gave them back better. Matthew chapter 26, though. I'm going to talk about him and what he gave up. Matthew chapter 26, verse 37. We'll start with verse 36, actually. Matthew 26, verse 36. The Bible says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Do you know how hard that had to have been for him? Not just the agony that he suffered on the cross. But he was a sinless being. He was God. He'd never, ever sinned. 
And now what he's being asked to do is go on that cross and hang for the sins of man. The Bible says he became sin. You think about that. He became it. That's why you got the serpent on the pole. That's a symbol of what Jesus Christ became when he's on that cross. The Bible, he says, my, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why did he say that? Because he became that serpent on the pole. And God the Father had to turn his own back on his own son. Why his son sitting there? He was completely alone. Whose sin was on him? Yours? Mine? Think about, well, don't dwell on it too much, but think about everything you've done just this week. Now, praise the Lord, hopefully you're trying to keep it to a minimum, but just think of all the sin in your life. And he took it upon himself, and he became it. And you know what he did? He died, and he lost everything. He lost his body. He lost his fellowship with the Father. He lost his reign, his reputation. Come down from the cross and won't believe you. His blood, and he went down to hell. That's your Savior. You know what he did? He gave up his life so that you could have life. I don't know if you can hear me, but he gave up his life so that you can have life. Let me ask you a question. Is it too much for you to give up what he asks of you? You know what he wants? He wants wants you to give it up for him, and he's got something so much better for you. Now, Jesus Christ got something better. Amen? Now he's up on the right hand of the Father, and now he's got a name above all names, right? He's sitting there. God's going to let him rule and reign. He got something better. God, the Father, was even faithful in that promise to his own son. And even though he let his son go there, his son got so much be- something so much better when he got done. But at the time, can you imagine what it was like for him to become sin when he knew no sin? He became sin. He was filthy. He did it for us. And now he says, I did this for you. Will you do something for me? Will you give your life to me? Will you lose your life for me? What is it you won't give up for him? Any of these examples I gave you in the Bible? Which of which, 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 any of them? I mean, I, I had four more I could have gave you. I could have gave you more than that. Uh, which one of them gave up something and didn't turn out better for him in the long run? It always turned out better. You know what the problem is? Some of you are working so hard to save your life. You're working so hard to save your life. And I get it. Things got to be done. We live a regular life. But there's some things the Lord wants from me, and you won't give it to Him because you know what? You think it's not going to be conducive to you saving your life. And what you need to do is give it to Him. You need to give up what the Lord wants you to give up so that you can find it. You have to give up your life and say, Lord, whatever you want, I'll do it. And I guarantee you this, it's not easy. I'm never going to tell you it's easy. But down the road, you will be grateful that you did it. That is where faith steps in. You say you've got faith, you're going to have to have faith to follow the Lord. Go back to, I'll finish with this, Matthew, back in Matthew chapter 10, and I'll just close with this verse, Matthew chapter 10, where we started, Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Are you willing to give it to him? 
Are you willing to give it to him? Matthew chapter 10, look at verse 37. The Bible says this, he says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. I'm a testimony up here, not because I'm a great man or an awesome testimony. I just from experience know that when I gave my life up for him and I gave up my ambitions and my dreams and I gave up what I wanted to do, and not only just in the life before I got saved and when I got called to preach, I've had to give up my ambitions since I became a preacher. Let me tell you something. I know how to make a big ministry or make your name known. It's very simple. It really is, especially with social media today. But the Lord says, no, you're my servant. You keep your mouth shut. You do what I tell you to do. And I am a happier person. I have more peace in my heart because I gave my life to him, not only as a lost man or as a, as a brand new saved man being called to preach and giving his life to him, but as a saved preacher, giving my life to him so that he can do what he sees fit with it. And he will with you too. I don't know what the Lord's dealing with you about, but if you've got to give something to him, you better give it to him. And I guarantee you, it'll be better. He'll give you something better in the long run. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for everyone's um, patience this morning. And uh, Lord, I thank you for uh, your book. And I thank you for, Lord, just, I can just stand up here as a testimony, Lord, and know what I'm preaching, Lord. There's a lot of things maybe I'll preach and maybe I don't know anything about, but Lord, I know about that. Not because I'm a great man or I've done all these great things for you, Lord. I just know just in the simple little things that I've done to give up for you, Lord, you've, you've, you've blessed me because of it. And maybe, Lord, it's not evident in everybody's eyes. Maybe they don't all see it, but Lord, I see it. And I know what you've done with my life and Thank you, Lord, for giving me something to live for. And I pray you help your people, Lord. Help them. They need you, and maybe they're hanging on to something a little too tight. And, Lord, I don't know what it is, and I don't want to make them have a false burden about something that they're not supposed to give up. But, Lord, if there's something that they just haven't given to you, Lord, and they're trying to save their life, Lord, I pray they give it to you. And, Lord, thank you for your mercy and grace. Help your people tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll just take a minute of prayer and We'll just think about it. Are you willing to give it to the Lord? I know I've gotten so much better, so much better since He's given it to me. So I'm giving it to Him. I'm not going to try to ruin it with a bunch of talk. I'll just let the Lord speak to your heart.
still go another minute if you want to come. speaking to your heart, there's still a minute or so to come back. Come on up and just get things right with the Lord. I know you can do it in your seat. The Lord speaks to you. Isn't God good? Amen. It's a blessing. I mean, sometimes, you know, He just, He'll show me right on the spot. Look what I gave you when you gave it up for me. And He'll give, I know He's given you, some of you can come up and give testimonies of the same thing. But if there's something you hold on to, amen, God's good. And I'm glad He deals with us, amen. I'm glad He cares enough about us 